WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 14th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Going to see some thunderstorms this morning, clouds this afternoon, high 76. Tonight, overnight, those clouds, they'll hang around, low 62. And then tomorrow, sunshine, high 81. Walking out the door with us right now, 58 and partly cloudy in Piermont, up in Rockland County. 57 partly cloudy in Elizabeth and New Jersey. And it is 62 and actually clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Big day for one of my kids today. He either passes his math final or he goes to summer school. So uh, this is, you know, doesn't get any bigger than that. Either your summer is screwed or it's not screwed. So I was trying to give him some encouragement last night. I can't help him at all. I've relayed to him many times, and I am no smarter than like a fifth or eighth grader, especially when it comes to math. And then I have relayed to him over the last couple of days, so he won't feel bad about it if it doesn't turn out well, that I too went to summer school because I was a dope, and it kind of worked out okay in the end for me. So... <laughs> Uh, he was showing me what he had to do. Uh, this is ninth grade. He was showing me the math that he has to, uh, you know, get by, finish, pass, whatever. And uh, I could not help him. Thankfully, another kid in the house is much smarter than me than when it comes to just about everything. And he was able to sit down with him and go over some of these math equations. I, I checked out at about algebra and that didn't get any further than that. Like geometry, I was lost. I don't know that I went any further than that. I do tell you that, and I probably shouldn't be so proud of this, but um, I did have one final that if I didn't pass, uh, I would uh, end up going to summer school. This was in high school. So I had been studying on flashcards. I did not relay this to my kid because I don't want this anything to happen to him. But I had these flashcards that I had all the problems on, you know, the how to configure all these problems. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about with the math at all. Anyway, I had them in my top pocket. And as I... Uh, uh, the teacher turned around, I took them out, and I wrote all the equations on my math exam. And that's how I escaped going to summer school one summer. I don't even remember which grade that was. But I am wishing the kid well that he doesn't end up in summer school. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Donald Trump fights from his golf course in New Jersey. Frantic scene at a lake in Prospect Park. It looks like city teachers will get a big pay raise. The search continues for a missing teacher from New Jersey. And the battle over poop and pups heats up big time on the Upper East Side. All right, let's get into it. 5.03 all day yesterday, of course, it was about former President Trump. We got to watch everything again from the moment he left a row that he made it to the Miami courthouse, the federal courthouse there. The cameras following the train of cars as they made their way through the Secret Service. Uh, Trump, of course, becoming the first former president to be indicted on federal charges. 
charges, 37 counts. He said not guilty as he uh, went into that courthouse, met before a judge. Uh, he was uh, fingerprinted. Don't know if there was a mugshot. Doesn't sound like there was one. Of course, this all about those documents that he had stored at Mar-a-Lago, including U.S. nuclear programs and defense and weapon capabilities among that paperwork. White House correspondent John Decker uh, was in Florida yesterday following this all. And he says, um, first of all, the president, the former president, needs to get a lawyer from a major law firm to handle this case. And that could be kind of difficult for Trump. It needs to go through a committee. They need to make certain that there are no conflicts with that new client. And they also need to make certain that the new client will not upset their existing clients in any way. One of those lawyers left his top-notch law firm uh, entirely, left his partnership entirely in order to work exclusively for the former president. Yeah, and of course, it was a crazy scene, as it always is at these things uh, in Florida. Not as crazy as it was, by the way, in lower Manhattan when he was here for that case. That was just, um, in some ways, nuts. I mean, the police handled it well, but it was a crazy scene. The only arrest at the Miami federal courthouse yesterday that we've been told of, at least as of this hour, other than former President Trump, was a protester who actually charged Trump's motorcade as it was leaving. Uh, Dominic Santana, a Cuban-American retiree, says he did so to stand up to what he calls Trump's cult-like following. This is a big joke. The, the, the circus. The judge that's appointed, he appointed her. What do you think is going to happen? Santana dressed in a black and white striped prison jumpsuit, black shackles, and carrying a sign saying, lock him up. After the arraignment, as Trump's motorcade left the federal courthouse, Santana could be seen running in front of the black SUV. Maybe you saw this uh, over the last few hours, carrying the ex-president. He was immediately, no surprise, tackled and handcuffed. You can't do that. You can't race towards a presidential motorcade. Otherwise, as of this morning, Miami police say they've made no other arrests during that rally. And then the former president, after the arraignment, making his way to a popular Miami cafe uh, to meet with supporters there. Are you ready? Food for everyone. Food for the former president posing for pictures. He was greeted by what was a really supportive crowd. He told patrons he was going to be okay. We're a nation in decline, and then they do this stuff. And you see where the people are. We love the people, and you see where they are. You see the crowds. And uh, he then went on to explain, hey, if I don't get back into office, things are going to get real bad if Biden gets another four years. I think it's a rigged deal here. We have a rigged country. We have a country that's corrupt. We have a country that's got no borders. We have a country that's got... Nothing but problems. And, you know, today the former president turns 77. It's his birthday. Uh, yesterday, this crowd at this cafe sang him happy birthday. Happy birthday, dear Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. Well, they weren't really singing all together a little off tune, but uh, they thought it was the right way. All right. We're going to get into more of this. Uh, last night, the president flew back to his Basking Ridge golf course where he held essentially a party, a fundraiser, and he pushed back against this indictment in a major way. We'll hear from him. WABC News Time 509. Let's go out to Basking Ridge, New Jersey, where the president's golf course is. He flew back. After appearing in court in Miami to the golf course and uh, last night, big fundraiser, lots of people showing up, uh, 
pushing a, putting out a lot of dough to get into this party. And then the president, former president, giving a speech, uh, uh, talking about all that had taken place over the last week. The former President Trump saying that Biden uh, came after him during this election season. And he says this is uh, all uh, politics, this indictment. The president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. Trump then went on to say, uh, talk about the moment when the FBI uh, had that early wake up call at Mar-a-Lago to seize those documents that were found in the bathroom, other parts of uh, his estate there. The other picture that was so vile, you remember that one, it was angry and corrupt, was the photo staged by the FBI. And those that raided Mar-a-Lago, they were putting documents all over the floor. Remember that famous picture? All over, say confidential, said presidential, said all sorts of things. And it was supposed to be there like it was that way when they raided. It wasn't that way. They put them there, took the picture and released it illegally to the press. They took my medical records, my passport, my birth certificate and apologized. They even brought a safe cracker. This is a professional safe cracker they brought into Mar-a-Lago. And they broke into my safe. And you know what? They found nothing. There was nothing there. More more detail than we've heard, of course, about this raid coming from the president, former president himself. Uh, Trump uh, says the top prosecutor in the case is a thug. That being uh, Jack Smith he's talking about. The president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly this is called interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election so uh president uh, biden you know trying to sort of stay away from all of this but of course the, the reporters every time they can ask him about what they think about this indictment here was uh, president biden yesterday president have you, have you discussed thank you. mr president thank you very much everyone. have you read the trump everyone, indictment thank you very much everyone thank you very much do you agree with everyone, dr biden very much, everyone, that she was surprised republicans very much Yeah, just shutting down the reporters yesterday. Then you had Ohio Senator J.D. Vance, who says he plans to delay the confirmation process for Justice Department nominees over the federal indictment of Donald Trump. The Republican says Attorney General Merrick Garland is abusing DOJ powers. It's very clear that what they're being used for is to attack Joe Biden's political opponents. We've got to stop it. We've got to show Merrick Garland there are consequences to using the Department of Justice in this way. And he says he's serious about it. He's really going to do this. I'd like to see Merrick Garland make some substantive commitment to reversing course and stopping the focus on politics instead of law. We'll see what that looks like in practice, but right now it is a blunt blanket hold until Merrick Garland changes course. And of course, the amazing thing about this is even though most of this would be viewed as negative press to most people, 
here we are, 13 minutes into the news hour, and we've almost uh, exclusively talked about Donald Trump, who, of course, is a candidate for the White House on the GOP side. And you have all these other candidates in the race who we've not mentioned once at all. And so they're trying to figure out, how do I get the press that Donald Trump's getting? Uh, you don't necessarily want all the bad stuff, but uh, here we are, 13 minutes of Donald Trump. And we'll continue for one more story. Were you listening yesterday? Uh, Sid and friends in the morning. Lara Trump was Sid's guest. Of course, that is Donald Trump's daughter-in-law. She's married to Eric Trump. Uh, Sid asked, I thought was a great question. You know, he is 77 years old and there's so much stress involved just in running for the White House. But now he's got these court cases, maybe more to come. And uh, he wondered, is it just too much for Donald Trump? Well, Lara Trump says no, she doesn't think so. If it was any other human being said, perhaps we would. But I got to tell you, I mean, I have never met a tougher person on every possible front than Donald Trump, than my father-in-law. It's actually incredible. I I truly don't think any other human being could withstand all that he has. Yeah, all right, so what's next? Well, today's his birthday, so I imagine there'll be some sort of celebration and fundraiser. And uh, in terms of this trial, we'll have to wait and see what the next steps are for Donald Trump and what the next step are for the federal prosecutors involved in this case. They want it to happen sooner than later. Not clear that's going to be the case. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Justin. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you, Noam Aladen. Hump day, and we'll start today on the diamond here. What a game it was last night between the Mets and the Yankees in this year's first installment of the Subway Series with the Yanks roaring all the way back from a 5-1 to deficit against Max Scherzer and the Mets to take game one by a score of 7-6. I actually turned this game off in the third inning because I was so frustrated with the way the Yankees were playing baseball. But after losers. that, losers. They were losers. They were being big-time losers. But luckily for us, the Mets are bigger losers. So after that bumpy start on the hill, especially out of Luis Severino, the Yanks, they look dead to rights. But uh, uh, they uh, bounced back. They eventually got You missed that all? You missed the comeback? Right? I missed the, I missed the wow. whole comeback. I mean, That's... I would have missed it anyways. I had to get to bed. But... What kind and of fan are you? Jeez. What do you mean, what kind of fan am I? Turning it off after a third inning, really? <sighs> They were throwing the ball around. I don't know what you wanted from me. They were not good. Throwing the ball no, not into, good is right. into their own dugout. It was like, <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, let me get another extra hour of sleep. So that's what I did. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> then but then they got to Max Scherzer. No, they tagged him for a five-run fourth inning. And uh, DJ LeMahieu, he went deep in that inning. Swung on and into the air to left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a two-run home run for D.J. LeMahieu. Oh, David John makes long gone. He hits a two-run homer to left, and the Yankees are back in the game. It's 5-3. That call courtesy. Go home to mommy. <laughs> WFAN, great John Sterling. After D.J. went deep, a whole P RBI double, and a Bowers RBI single to right gave the Bombers the lead, and they wouldn't look back from there tonight. We get to look forward to this blockbuster pitching matchup. Now, I'm Garrett Cole versus Justin Verlander as the two are set to go head-to-head. Can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be exciting stuff. Go head-to-head in Game 2 and the finale of the short two-game set at 7 p.m. sharp tonight. On the ice last night as well, a Stanley Cup champion is crowned in the Vegas Golden Knights after they handedly took care of the Florida Panthers in last night's Game 5 by a score of 9-3. to The game was really a microcosm of the entire series with Vegas dominating throughout. 
to take what is now rightfully theirs in just their sixth season in the league after ent- entering the NHL in 2017 as an expansion team. The Golden Knights have quickly reached the pinnacle of professional hockey with their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. No, that's your sports on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go out to Brooklyn. Just a rough night there. A group of young boys who may have been trying to catch a turtle at Prospect Park Lake. One falls in, has trouble, can't get out, starts, uh, you know, just trying to get noticed by anybody on the shore that he's going under the water. Uh, some good Samaritans, others race in to grab this kid. He went a little too far and said, I can't swim. So the French tried to help, but they probably couldn't swim either, so they couldn't go in. I saw they had five kids was playing on the water, and then uh, the kids were shouting, help, help. Apparently, the response was really just unreal. Unreal, I say, in a good way. You had those good Samaritans raced in, then fire and police. Uh, they were able to pull this boy out, give uh, CPR, then take him to the hospital. All I saw was the kids um, sitting over there in that corner, crying, cops surrounding them. And I also did see a kid go on, like, on a stretcher. And they were pumping his chest. That was traumatizing. I had to look away. Yes, you have people who are really familiar with Prospect Park Lake. They say the shoreline can be deceiving because it looks like it's so shallow. And it is. But then it just drops off big time when you step in a few couple steps. And so that's why they tell you never to go in. It's not really meant to be uh, a swimming sort of thing. In this case, maybe they were going for the turtles. This poor kid, unfortunately, in grave condition at this hour. Response was unreal. Fire police all thrown on kit and getting in that is very traumatizing to see your friend drowning and then you can't like really help yeah so the latest we're getting is that boy we don't have an age on him is in critical condition 521 down to dc senator schumer hosting the first of three briefings on ai artificial intelligence for senators maximizing ai's benefits and mitigating its potential and very real risks will require bipartisan cooperation focus and speed from the u.s congress now these guys they don't know a lot about ai they're trying to find out more schumer announcing on the senate floor yesterday that this mit professor who's an expert in machine learning and ai is going to lead the first session today's briefing will focus on the state of ai as it stands today its capabilities its applications its limitations its challenges the top ai developers have also made clear congress must play a role in safeguarding against AI's many potential risks. Yeah, Schumer says Congress still working on a way to find a way to regulate the new AI technology. That as uh, yesterday, maybe you saw this, Paul McCartney says he just finished what will be the last Beatles record thanks to a little help from AI. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. The legendary musician told BBC Radio that AI was used to clarify a demo of John Lennon's voice from around the time the band made their 1970 album, Let It Be. John died in 1980, but Paul said the technology makes his voice sound pure and allowed them to mix the record normally. The former Beatle also admitted that there's a good and scary side to AI, and he just wants to see where it leads. The song will come out later this year. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, be curious to hear that. 523. Let's go out to Denver. This was a story that was breaking when we came on the air yesterday. You'll remember the Denver Nuggets winning the NBA championship. 
the party uh, just breaks out in the streets of Denver. The team's never won a basketball championship in its franchise history. And a short time later, uh, two people open fire. Ten people are shot. Now police say both those people are in custody, and they say it probably had nothing at all to do with the celebrations of the Nuggets. There was a small group of individuals that chose to engage in some illegal behavior, and uh, that uh, went awry. Yeah, it was likely uh, connected to some sort of drug thing, a drug deal gone wrong. What we couldn't have planned for is a drug deal right in the middle of a celebration for an NBA championship. Yeah, I mean, just uh, horrendous. Our strong belief is that this was completely uh, unassociated to the celebration. Yeah, so uh, 10 people shot yesterday. Three were being told still in critical condition today. 524, outgoing CDC Director Rochelle Walensky testifying before Congress yesterday on the federal response to the COVID pandemic. The end of the public health emergency last month marked a tremendous transition for our country and for public health. Now we have the tools we need to protect people in our communities from severe infection and death. A House Oversight Select Subcommittee reviewing decisions that were made by the federal government during the outbreak, which have drawn criticism, including mask requirements, school closures, uh, those vaccine mandates. We have to let science be the science. And in my opinion, we should have been hearing from the doctors who treated COVID patients, not politicians. Yeah, you know, we haven't talked about COVID in a long time, which is a good thing. But uh, we're getting warnings uh, that it's still kind of bad out there as many americans plan summer vacations outings the threat of covid still exists and right now it remains the leading cause of death for americans i didn't know that Antrell tyson's the regional director with the department of u.s health and human services so the covid vaccines continue to work very well at preventing the worst outcomes from covid if you're vaccinated or have had covid your immune system is primed to respond to a Yes. So here we are again. They're telling us that uh, as we get ready to go on summer vacation, you might think about rolling up your sleeve. I don't I don't know that I know anybody that's gotten a covid vaccine recently. If your last vaccine dose was before September 2022 and you haven't gotten the updated vaccine, it is time to get yours now. All right. It is important for people to make sure that they are up to date on their covid vaccines, especially before they travel, attend crowded events. Or spend time with older adults. Yeah, that's a surprising stat, though, that it's still the leading cause of death for Americans today. Let's bring it back home. New York City reaching a tentative contract agreement with United Teachers Federation. If approved, UFT President Michael Mulgrew says more than 120,000 members will receive a $3,000 ratification bonus and some raises. This is the hardest and most challenging school district in the country to teach in. Hands down, I travel this country. It is the most challenging, most diverse, but our teachers love it. This is what we're being told about the deal. It includes a 3% wage increase for the first three years, a 3.25% raise in the fourth year, and a 3.5% raise in the last year of the contract. The Chancellor David Banks says he thinks it's a good deal. This agreement allows us to do what the mayor has said from the very beginning of this administration which is to reimagine how we even do school in the first place. 
We are just getting started on this early Wednesday morning. So much to get to before we head out at Sid and Friends in the morning at 6 o'clock. The fallout from Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell's resignation continues. We're going to hear some serious back and forth between reporters and Mayor Adams yesterday. Who's to blame for her leaving? We'll also talk about the search for a missing teacher from New Jersey, an elementary school teacher. Nobody knows where she is, and it's been a number of of days and the battle this battle goes on forever and i think it will continue forever it's on the upper east side and it's over poop and pups people not picking up after their dogs one city councilwoman is trying to come up with innovative ways to get people to do what they're supposed to do the right thing we'll get into those stories and more but first this at 529 The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. On 77 WABC. You talk. We listen. 77 WABC. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dominic Carter, City Hall. The latest uproar. Transgender TikTok influencer Dylan Mulvaney has secured another major partnership deal days after Bud Light was criticized for partnering with her. To say there has been a backlash would be an understatement. She is now a sports bra model for Nike. It comes after Bud Light partnered with Mulvaney. Nike has responded, be kind, be inclusive. This remains a hotly contested issue from one extreme to the other. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noam Layden. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 14th. Your forecast now from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Thunderstorms this morning, clouds this afternoon, high 76. Those clouds, well, they'll hang around tonight and overnight, low 62. And then tomorrow the sun reappears, high 81. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 58, partly cloudy in Piermont up in Rockland County. 57, partly cloudy in Elizabeth, that's in New Jersey. And it is 62 and looks mostly clear here in Midtown as the sun begins to rise at 532. We'll start this half hour right here in the big city. It's this fallout from Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell announcing her resignation in a letter to members of the NYPD on Monday. Went over to City Hall to tell the mayor as well. Lots of people trying to second guess why she made the move. She has not said. There has been sources that have said it's all about the fact that she was micromanaged by Mayor Adams and City Hall. That decisions she made had to go through the mayor. So yesterday, mayor was having a event and then opened it up to reporters to ask him questions about other topics. And of course, what people wanted to talk about was why Keyshawn Sewell's leaving. And here's a little bit what it sounded like. It got kind of testy. I'm sorry, she told you that? 
Oh, so one of the reporters, I should set this up better. One of the reporters said, I heard that Kishant Sewell left because of her relationship, her poor relationship with you. And here's what the mayor had to say. I'm sorry, she told you that? No, ask the question. Did she tell you that? Oh, it's been reported. Yes, so uh, he is not willing to say that has anything to do with her decision, that she made a decision to go elsewhere, take another job. Here's more from the mayor yesterday. Come on, let's stop this. You know, let's stop creating the narrative. This commissioner was given an amazing opportunity to show her skill set, and she did. Uh, More from the mayor. She made the decision that she wanted to do something else, and I respect that. Now, people around Keyshawn Sewell have told us who know her well say she's an incredibly private person and that she will probably never reveal why she left. It might have been just for another job. It might have been that she hated the relationship we had with City Hall, but they suggest she won't tell us, and it sounds like the mayor won't tell us either. She put in place a platform that we can all build on. And we're going to continue to build on it. But he did give us a little insight yesterday. Uh, he didn't tell us that he was surprised by the announcement, but he did acknowledge that he's involved in every single department at City Hall and elsewhere. He said he's unlike other mayors in that way. And uh, so maybe may suggesting that that micromanaging storyline may be true. Every other mayor had to turn over of uh, those agencies and allow people to just run them the way they, they desired. That's not how I function. And the guessing game, of course, continues about what really took place here. NYPD chief of detectives Robert Boyce, the former one, he's retired, says uh, he thinks Sewell was just not happy that she had to run all her decisions by Mayor Adams. I think she had backing and she has support of the of the rank and file but i think she wanted more autonomy when running the police department as she is due as police commissioner and i think that might have been a rub right there i think we'll likely never know the real story because she probably won't speak out once sewell leaves the department first deputy commissioner edward caban will likely take over at least temporarily and now he becomes the front runner to take the post full-time caban would be the NYPD's first Hispanic police commissioner answering some long-standing concerns some community leaders have that Latinos have not risen to the top levels of the NYPD. 536, let's go up to Albany. New York State continues to expand parental paid parental leave. Governor Hochul announcing yesterday that an agreement with unions will result in more than 80% of New York State employees getting access to paid paternal leave. Young families shouldn't have to try to make that tough decision between having a paycheck or having to spend time with their kids. Governor says they'll be offered up to 12 weeks of fully paid leave for things like bonding with a newborn, a foster child, an adopted child. It supports parents like me in forging stronger bonds with our children, enabling us to be present during those precious early milestones and ensuring the foundation for a lifetime of love and support. Governor Hochul says employees uh, she thinks deserves that time at home. For the employer, let them take this break. Let them have time to connect with their family. They'll come back recharged. They'll be actually happy to get back to work in some cases. Okay. 
All right, let's go out to New Jersey. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy hoping to expand this new policing initiative that was approved in the final state budget. It's called Arrive Together. It first started in Cumberland County, where they'll pair plainclothes police officers with mental health professionals to respond to 911 calls during uh, mental health emergencies. Those two individuals make the decision at the point of attack as to who goes in first. And it literally is batting in its pilot phase at or near a thousand. Yeah, apparently this has been working. You know, we've had, unfortunately, too many incidents where things happen with during mental health calls with police and the people who sometimes barricade themselves in their homes. We constantly want to rip pages out of successful playbooks that we see. But the amount of pages that we rip versus the pages that get ripped out of our uh, playbook is is in huge imbalance. So it looks like this program pairing plainclothes police officers with mental health professionals to answer these mental health emergencies might become a statewide thing. WABC Newstime 539, I hate stories like this. Let's go out to Massapequa, Long Island. 37-year-old Travis Valenti had proposed to his girlfriend Marlene last Wednesday during a vacation in Washington State. Two days later, the newly engaged couple were kayaking in Washington State when the kayak filled with water. And um, he realized that they were going to become unstable and go under. So he pushed his fiance to safety and then he disappeared underneath the water and they have not been able to find his body. His brother is just beside himself. They were both struggling to get back to shore. Travis gave her the extra little push that she needed to uh, get safe. And um, they still haven't found him since um, Friday. About We are trying to find divers and people with boats and anybody and anyone that can help in any way, really. Just want to make sure we have our boy back, that's all. Yeah, Travis's brother talking to News 12 there. Now the family needs financial assistance to help find the body, bring it back to Long Island. They have set up a GoFundMe so that they can assemble divers and boaters to help find his brother's body. It started out as the best trip of their lives and took just a tragic turn that nobody could really see coming. Yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> An uplifting story for a Wednesday morning. Well, yeah, it's part of doing the news. Sometimes yeah. that's just awful. God Maybe awful. you want to leave out dead people until like 7 o'clock. I don't know. Is that what we're supposed to do? Is dead people start well, yes, at 7? Yes, people are getting up now. They want to start their Wednesday in a good mood, and you've got like dead people in boats. Well, how about this story? Do you want something fun? Sure. So a candidate for the Babylon Town Council yeah. has been bearing it all on the campaign trail. So Kevin Sabella Sr., he's a 63-year-old. He's running for the town council. And for some reason, every day at the same time, around 8 a.m., he stands naked in his doorway. And why does he do that? Because I, I think he thinks that this bus driver, female bus driver who comes by, is attracted to that kind of thing. Oh, I love so this guy. He this waits, guy can't win by enough. He waits for her to show up, like, uh, looking out the window. Uh, the the only part the of the, the story, it can get better if you tell me the guy looks a little bit, at least in body, like Chris Christie. He does. Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So um, Fat naked people in the morning. Now, that's a good New York Wednesday story. So this woman, Victoria Lombardi, she's the bus driver. 
and she notices him naked in the front door, and she says, okay, once maybe it's a mistake, twice it's a little bizarre, but she says now it's been more than ten times that he stood. Now, he's running for office, by the way. Still? He's, well, yeah. As of today, he's got a big sign on his front lawn. Here's here's the bus driver. He would open his front door and be there standing completely nude. But once we made eye contact and it happened a third time, I knew that it was intentional. At least 10 times, completely naked, <laughs> standing at his front door. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you can imagine... <laughs> People in oh, this is great. Babylon, they're you know second guessing whether this is a guy who should be running for office. We're uh, talking about Peter King just endorsed him. <laughs> 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 he may have. The Republican committee, the local one, has backed off. They say they no longer support this guy, Sabella Sr. My concern would be that if he would ever get be uh, elected uh, to the town board, I don't know what we would be able to trust him with. Yeah, Sabella Sr. is an active with the local Knights of Columbus chapter. Uh, he's very big in his local church, so you can imagine his antics have everybody wondering what the heck's going on with him. He definitely won't get my vote, that's for sure. It's shocking and it's scary. It's very inappropriate and... And he very clearly knew what he was doing. Yeah. So as of now, Kevin Sabella Sr. still running in the town of Babylon. While we're out on Long Island, neighbors there say anti-Jewish hate in the form of flyers continue to show up on their lawns and sidewalks. And neighbors in Plainview say they started to see the anti-Semitic flyers a few weeks ago. They say they've leafleted uh, the Orthodox synagogue there. And some members of the Jewish community say the flyers are all along a route that Orthodox Jews would take to walk to synagogue on Saturday. I recognize them from social media. It's disgusting. And to do it in broad daylight on a relatively busy street, I think, I mean, there's like a problem with society if this stuff is coming out into the open like this. Like, And I think we need education. The flyers from a hate group called the Goyam Defense League. I've seen this organization before. Police say there's not a whole lot they can do to stop them. You, know, you can put flyers where you want to. Neighbors, though, uh, out on Long Island in uh, Plainview say they hope that others will look out for the Jewish community so it's not just the ones, them, that are complaining. We need not just Jewish people to speak up, not just the rabbis who are worried about their congregations, but like all decent people to say this is not who we are, this is not what we'll stand for, and it's not, we're not going to tolerate it here. This Goyam Defense League has uh, done this before. Uh, it was last year in July that they were distributing the same flyers in Rockville Center and Oceanside. Uh, detectives with the police say, that, you know, they're kind of curious to know who these people are, so they are investigating. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Malayden. We begin here on the Diamond. What a game it was last night between the Mets and Yankees in this year's first installment of the Subway Series with the Yanks roaring all the way back from a 5-1 to deficit against Max Scherzer and the Mets to take game one by a score of 7-6 after a bumpy start on the hill out of Luis Severino. The Yanks, they looked dead to rights in this one with sloppy play seeping into every aspect of their game seemingly before they eventually got to Scherzer and tagged him for a five-run fourth inning complete with this DJ LeMahieu home run to bring the Yanks within two. Swung on and into the air to left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a two-run home run for DJ LeMahieu. Oh, David John. Makes long gone. He hits a two-run homer to left. 
and the Yankees are back in the game. It's 5-3. Got call courtesy of WFAN. After DJ went deep, a Volpe RBI double to left, and a Bowers RBI single to right gave the Bombers the lead, and they wouldn't look back from there. Tonight we get to look forward to this blockbuster matchup on the bump. Garrett Cole versus Justin Verlander as the two are set to go head-to-head in Game 2, and uh, the finale of the series at 7 p.m. sharp tonight in Queens on the ice. A Stanley Cup champion is crowned in the Vegas Golden Knights after they handedly took care of the Florida Panthers in last night's Game 5 by a score of 9-3. to The game was really a microcosm of the entire series with Vegas dominating throughout to take what is now rightfully theirs in Lord Stanley's Cup. In just their sixth season in the league, after entering the NHL in 2017 as an expansion team, the Golden Knights have quickly reached the pinnacle of professional hockey with their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. So we have... A first-time NBA champs in the Denver Nuggets gnome, and we have first-time Stanley Cup champs in the Vegas Golden Knights. How about that? It, it really doesn't get any more exciting. It that. doesn't get any better, no. does it? Ah, and everybody no. watched. Everybody watched every game of both series, right? Uh, 13 million people watched game five of the Nuggets. That's uh, a lot. That number's way too high. No, that's what it was? That's too high. I don't believe it. 13 million? No, I don't know. What about the hockey Do you think game? I would make that up out of, 13, out of thin air? You make a lot of things up every morning. Though. Yeah, the whole hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just sports. <laughs> all right, let's catch you up on some of the biggest stories of the morning. Of course, yesterday it was all about former President Trump appearing in a Miami federal courthouse, uh, putting in a plea of not guilty, facing 37 counts, including obstruction, all connected to the documents, the classified documents stored at his Mar-a-Lago residence that included U.S. nuclear programs and defense and weapons weapon capabilities. Uh, the uh, president was in and out in about 90 minutes. Uh, there was only apparently one arrest at the Miami federal courthouse yesterday, so it was peaceful. Other than, of course, former President Trump, the other one arrested was a protester who charged the motorcade as Donald Trump was leaving. Dominic Santana, a Cuban-American retiree, says he came to stand up to what he calls Trump's cult-like following. This is a big joke. The, the, the circus, the judge that's appointed, he appointed her. What do you think it's going to happen? So Santana was dressed in black and white striped prison jumpsuit, black shackles. He was carrying a sign that said, lock him up. No shock as he chased after the motorcade. The Secret Service tackled him as they would. This is a former president. Uh, police, though, so far, as of this morning, they told us they have made no other arrests during that rally. Uh, then the president left that arraignment, went to a Miami cafe to meet with supporters. Are you ready? Food for everyone. Food for Food free, food for everyone. Trump posing for pictures, uh, greeting the supportive crowd, uh, telling everybody that he's okay. We're a nation in decline, and then they do this stuff. And you see where the people are. We love the people, and you see where they are. You see the crowds. He then went on to warn them that uh, if he doesn't get to the White House, it'll be bad for them if Biden gets four more years. I think it's a rigged deal here. We have a rigged country. We have a country that's corrupt. We have a country that's got no borders. We have a country that's got nothing but problems and then the uh, president you know turned 77 today so yesterday uh these people at this cafe heard that he was his birthday today and so they sang him happy birthday i hear it's a quite a rendition happy birthday
pretty bad. I can't take it anymore. And then he made his way back to his Basking Ridge golf course in New Jersey yesterday for a fundraiser. And he pushed back, of course, against this indictment. Here he was last night saying this is all a political witch hunt to keep him out of the White House. The president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called interference in yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. Then uh, he gave us more details about the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago when they went in to seize those documents. You know, we've now seen some of the pictures of where those documents were, somewhere in a bathroom, other places, uh, some spilled out onto the floor. So he claims, a uh, former president claims the FBI made some of that mess, and we're hearing more details than we've heard before about the FBI raid from the former president. The other picture that was so vile, you remember that one, it was angry and corrupt, was the photo staged by the FBI. And those that raided Mar-a-Lago, they were putting documents all over the floor. Remember that famous picture? All over, say confidential, said presidential, said all sorts of things. And it was supposed to be there like it was that way when they raided. It wasn't that way. They put them there, took the picture and released it illegally to the press. They took my medical records, my passport, my birth certificate and apologized. They even brought a safe cracker. This is a professional safe cracker they brought into Mar-a-Lago. And they broke into my safe. And you know what they found? Nothing. There was nothing there. Yeah, all information that we had not heard before. And then uh, you had reporters uh, during a press conference with President Biden yesterday. He was making some sort of announcement. And then reporters wanted to ask him about this indictment. And he hasn't really said much about it. So reporters yelling questions at Joe Biden yesterday. President, have you, have you discussed? Thank you. Mr. President, Thank you very much, have you read the Trump indictment, sir? Thank you very much. Do you agree with everyone, Dr. Biden thank you very much, everyone. that she was surprised Republicans? Thank you very much, everyone. We're going to begin exiting this way. Yeah, they were just shutting it down. Wasn't going to happen. Uh, also yesterday, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance says now he's really mad about this. So he plans to delay the confirmation process for Justice Department nominees over the indictment of Donald Trump. Here he was yesterday. It's very clear that what they're being used for is to attack Joe Biden's political opponents. We've got to stop it. We've got to show Merrick Garland there are consequences to using the Department of Justice in this way. He says it's the only way to stop Merrick Garland. I'd like to see Merrick Garland make some substantive commitment to reversing course and stopping the focus on politics instead of law. We'll see what that looks like in practice, but right now it is a blanket hold until Merrick Garland changes course. And of course all of this is really stressful. It doesn't matter how old you are. But as we mentioned, Donald Trump turned 77 uh, today. So Lara Trump, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, she's, of course, married to Eric Trump, Donald Trump's son, was on with Sid and Friends in the morning yesterday. And I thought Sid asked a, a great question. Is this too much stress? It'd be too much stress for me, and I'm a whole lot younger. But she says, no, not for him. If it was any other human being, Sid, perhaps we would. But I got to tell you, I mean, I have never met a tougher person on every possible front than Donald Trump, than my father-in-law. It's actually incredible. I, I truly don't think any other human being could withstand all that he has. 
Yeah. And the other big story of the morning, unfortunately, back here in New York, it was at the waters of the Prospect Park Lake in Brooklyn. About 530 last night, a kid walks into the water to grab a turtle and then goes under. He went a little too far and said, I can't swim. So the French tried to help, but they probably couldn't swim either. So they couldn't go in. I saw they had five kids was playing on the water. And then uh, the kids were shouting, help, help. So thank God for some good Samaritans who raced into the water. Thank God for the fire department, the police, all racing in to perform CPR on this kid. All I saw was the kids um, sitting over there in that corner, crying, cops surrounding them. And I also did see a kid go on, like, on a stretcher, and they were pumping his chest. That was traumatizing. I had to look away. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, that kid is in grave condition. We're wishing him the best. And finally, let's end on sort of an up note to the Upper East Side cracking down on a problem that is just so familiar in every neighborhood across North America. It is dogs and poop. Apparently, the problem has gotten really bad on the Upper East Side. People just not picking up after their dogs. Absolutely. It's disgusting. Sometimes I pick up for other people. It would be nice if the streets were clean. The Upper East Side is the worst location in all of Manhattan for people not picking up after their dogs. People should follow the rules. People should get fined if they don't, and that should be that. Nobody can figure out exactly how to solve this problem. Uh, you know, enforcement, of course, is the big thing, but do you really want to waste police resources on going after people who aren't picking up after their dogs. You know what's funny is um, <clears throat> we went home to uh, Queens last week. Right. In fact, I'm going home tonight. And the first thing my son Gabriel said to me as we walked down the streets of a very pristine Bell Harbor, right now we're living in Battery Park, and there is dog poop everywhere, and my building is overrun with dogs. And like I said before, you can't go to Starbucks, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go to the mall without these idiots. And I love dogs without these idiots bringing their dogs as if they were people. First thing he said to me was, Daddy, look at these streets. No dog poop. Yeah. Manhattan is the worst. There's very few parks, unless you live by Riverside or Central or Morningside. It's mostly cement. And these dogs make pee-pee and duty all over the street. People don't care. And it's gross. So the only way to fix it is one way. And I know dog lovers are going to get mad. I don't care. Oh, no. What is this? You must ban dogs from New York City. Okay. <laughs> you can only have a dog if you live in a suburban area like Brooklyn, Long Island. How you have a backyard. Jersey City? Jersey City, no good. Okay. I'm not no to give up my dog. You got to have <laughs> a backyard. You cannot live in a building and have a dog. You can't do it because you walk this stupid thing right there in the street that makes duty and pee-pee all over the place. I Seriously? pick up after my dog No, all you the time. don't. I do. God, you do not. If it's raining or, or it's cold. No, I or... always do. Oh, God, you're a liar. These people are sick. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, President Trump. <laughs> and I love dogs. I love them. They must be banned from New York City. Okay. You're going to take up that... Uh... Take that up? Take up that no, charge? No, no, no. People get mad at me if I say that. I, I got enough issues. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, you got, we got time for that. <laughs> all these young girls in my building, like all these like young, you know, attractive women, girls, I should say, and uh, they're walking their dogs all night long, and they just look stupid. I mean, get a real hobby. Go take a spin class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.